Hey ladies, welcome to the Yas and Amen podcast, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscilla Dominguez. Let's get it. Welcome back, Yes and Amen listeners. Today we have Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, guys. So happy to be here. Yes, y'all, Caitlin. We literally, we were first Instagram friends and then we met in real life and like are obsessed with each other and love each other through that. And then <laughs> now we just get to be friends, friends. Um, and she has just so much wisdom. And today's topic, you already saw the title, but we're going to be talking about the extraordinary beauty of the ordinary life. Uh, and, you know, I know we love to talk about extraordinary things and having a fantabulous life and all that stuff. And um, in some ways that is important. In some ways that is possible and accessible. Uh, But I believe the abundance of God that he says in John 10, 10, that he came to give us life and life more abundantly doesn't necessarily look the way we expect. And so we're going to talk about that today. Um, And so first let me talk about Caitlin. Let me gas her up, talk about her bio, and then we'll get into the questions. So Caitlin is a coach's wife, a new mom, and a woman after God's heart. She is a writer scribbling our thoughts in the margins of her day and a speaker. Caitlin never meets a stranger or a coffee shop she doesn't like. (laughs) I believe that. (laughs) She is passionate about mental health, motherhood, and ministry in the everyday. She released her first self-published book, Not From God, in 2018, and a children's book titled Hey Little Flower Girl in 2020. You can hang with her by heading to at Caitlin Chappelle Rogers. Is it Chappelle or Chapel? Chapel. Chapel. See, I yeah. always say that wrong. Hey, it's okay. Because your son is Chapel. And then that's my son's name. Yeah, people. I know. His whole life, people are going to say Chappelle. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad name. You can follow her on Instagram and signing up to receive her mental note emails. So, yes, welcome, welcome, Caitlin. Yes. Okay. Again, sorry. We got like a fussy baby on our hands right now. Missed a nap time. Um, but that's okay. That is part of literally what I'm talking about, about finding beauty in the ordinary and doing the ordinary. And I'm so glad you um, said John 10, 10, because I was literally thinking it before you said it, because I think that people go one extreme or the other. So they read abundant life and they think mansion, nice house, nice car, hot husband, nice clothes. Mm -hmm. Or we say, no, abundant life is only about serving the Lord with living in a shack, giving away everything you own, Mm -hmm. um, not having shoes. I mean, people really do go one extreme to the other and it's, it's neither it's because it's both. And it's, yeah, you can have a nice house. There's nothing wrong with that. When you think that the only way to have an abundant life is to have a nice house. That's when things get really wonky. And when you think that the only way to have an abundant life is to have nothing and you judge people who have more, that gets wonky. And look, I've been like in both mindsets and that's why I'm so passionate about this. I am not like preaching from, um, a pulpit of perfection. I am in the trenches, like digging myself out of this every day and asking God to help me because there are so many mornings where I wake up and look around my house and despise the small beginnings. Mm -hmm. And then there are mornings when I wake up and I'm, I literally look in my closet and think, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I have a abundance of clothes to choose from. And there are people who don't, I mean, Mm -hmm. and then I look at, okay, wait a second. The abundance I have is none of that. And it is my baby and the little giggle he makes when I sing (laughs) a silly song, it's my husband bringing me coffee. It is a friend calling me. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, when we seek the Lord, we find his abundance and we 
gosh, even as the church Mm -hmm. have gotten so confused with prosperity gospel and then accusing people of prosperity gospel. And God is like, y'all are missing the point. Like the abundance is in me, period. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. Yeah. And I love how you were saying, like, it's really just it's mindset, which I mean, if we really look at the Bible, the Bible talks so much about our mind, you know, yeah. and and when people want to separate mental health and faith, I'm just like, y'all are bugging because the Bible is constantly <laughs> talking about our mind. And often, you know, it's really a mindset thing. If we even look at Psalms, right, it's like all of it, it was a mindset. And, you know, a lot of the times, yes, we're crying out all this stuff, but it's like God is inviting us into a kingdom like mindset. And so that means that we let go of what the world is saying something means so abundance and perhaps maybe like the Merriam dictionary or like an American dictionary means kind of some of the things we mentioned but when it comes to biblical context that's not what it means it's it actually just means the provision of God so that means through things perhaps or like you said through the presence of like your husband being sweet someone serving you your son's giggle like it is provision across the board in different ways with things both that we can hold and then things that we can't, right? But at the end of the day, it's God providing and he provides different things to different people. <laughs> and yeah. so it's being content with what you got versus what sis got or cousin got or whatever, whoever yeah. down the block got. And that's a really hard thing to do though, if we admit it, right? Like it is hard. Cause just like you were saying, you wake up and like, you're looking at your house and you know, maybe you get on Instagram or maybe you get on Zillow by mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a really, it is a really hard thing to do. So no, you know, we're acknowledging that it is difficult, but it's also not impossible. Um, And also like would break us, break so many chains. It would bring so much freedom to our life to live in this mindset Uh, with intentionality and with like purpose in our life right yes you know that's why this podcast is called yes and amen because everything you're saying i'm like yes (laughs) gosh so many things you said just now i'm like i need a notepad to like scribble down all my thoughts but um one thing you said about we compare abundance and god provides provision in different ways and Mm -hmm. something i wrote down a long time ago it's like in a journal it's on my notes but um I wrote down, God gave me like this, this image of like, I cross, he parts the Red Sea and I cross on foot just to look over and be jealous of the boat that she crossed on. And it's like, that is one of my favorite things he's ever said to me, because how many times does he part the Red Sea and we walk across, but we're like, wait a second, he let her fly over or he put her on a boat. And it's like, but he parted the sea for you to cross on foot. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. In the world's standpoint, like a boat is cooler. But how much more powerful is it that you got to walk across and count every single step and feel every single, every single step beneath your feet? Like God is going to take, there are going to be times where he's going to take you through something and it's going to take longer and it's going to hurt worse and it's going to be more exhausting, but you're going to feel every single moment. Mm -hmm. And honestly, wouldn't we rather that than a quick flyover? Because yeah, you crossed and that's still great, but you don't get to feel every single moment of the miracle. And I want to feel every moment of every, every miracle, mm-hmm. even when it hurts mm-hmm. and provision. I I've been thinking a lot about provision too, and what it even really means. And there was something I was praying about the other day. And I was like, God, that part of my life, like does not look like what I hoped it would. And I felt sad. Like I grieved the joy. I feel like I miss because mm-hmm. I don't, quote unquote, have what I want or what I thought I wanted. 
And he just reminded me that when we feel like we're missing something, when there's a void or a hole in the natural, he fills it with something that replaces abundantly that joy that we think we're missing. He provides tenfold and he provides across the board, even if it doesn't look like what you think it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. That's right. And you know, when you like, I love, first of all, that quote gave me chills. (laughs) I need you to send it to me so I can put it in the show notes so people can literally write it down because I think about, so I would imagine like if everyone took a second and imagine that there was no Instagram, that there was no other person Mm. in the world. Would would you think that your life is not enough? Would you think that what you have been given is not enough? Like you wouldn't, you would, you would be content. You'd have no idea. Yes. Cause there's no example. There's nothing to compare it to. And so that actually gives us, we have the answer. We have like, Oh my God, why am I not content? Oh my God. Why don't I just like, why am I not just grateful? The answer is that, that there is something else you are comparing it to whether it's more or less, whether you can say quote, quote is better or worse, whatever it may be, but it's in comparison to something. something. The scriptures tell us that what we're going through is nothing in comparison to the glory we'll experience. Whenever I read that, I be, I get a little, I'm just like, but Lord, I'm going through something real. How is this not in comparison to the glory I've experienced with you in heaven? Uh-huh. Right. But like, it's the word it's comparison that there are some things that should not be compared. And wow. one of them is our life. Yes. Right. Because we all get individual lives. Even twins have individual ah. lives, right? Individual experiences, individual callings. Um, and we're given individual things. And so I think that also it makes us enter into a place to believe like is God good and is he good to us because I think we would enter into contentness of the ordinary life we are living if we actually believe that what he is giving us the life we are living is good even if it's not perhaps the one we pictured or desired and that goes um, in the context of things but also um, relationships, things like that. Cause perhaps people can hear us. They're like, well, they're married and they have kids, yeah. you know? And like, I get it. I really cannot speak from a place of like, I, I got married pretty young. Like I cannot speak from a place of like a woman, adult woman trying to find a man, Christian man, wow. <laughs> um, trying to figure things out. Right. So I acknowledge where I, where I cannot speak to, but that doesn't mean that I can't encourage you around being content um, in this ordinary life, right? And so we were talking about before the call, how I was talking about how I really actually entered into this, I guess you could say realization <laughs> of that ordinary life is beautiful and amazing is when I became a mom. Um, and I'll talk more a little bit about that, but I would love to hear like, when did God like either reveal that to you or maybe you you realized for the very first time, maybe it was through a hard experience, a good experience. What was that like? Yeah, it has certainly um, become highlighted more now that I am a mom like you. But I will say it it first like dawned on me when um, my husband and I first got married. So we're about to celebrate five years of marriage in May. Um, I know. Yay. But I experienced like a very dark depression my first year of marriage. And it wasn't him. It was like on paper. Everything was great. But I started, and I've always struggled with comparison. I mean, since I was like little and I don't know like why it just has always been like the thorn in my side. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as soon as we got married, really when we got engaged, I was like comparing my wedding to other girls and, 
And the place that we live, um, where we live in Alabama is a pretty affluent city. And there's just like old family money all around me. And I'm like, y'all got what kind of house at 25 years old? Like, this is not fair. And because of that, I couldn't even see that, like, I have a good and beautiful life and that it has nothing to do with the size of my house or how much money my husband makes. So through that really hard experience and just kind of like, you said it well, it's mindset and mental health is so connected to faith and really like, it was a combination of the enemy straight up attacking me in that area. Um, I, I felt his attacks, Mm. um, and my own doing, like, Mm -hmm. I think that we also mess up when we blame everything on the devil, because in situations like that, like I had a hand in it, I could have, I could have gotten off social media. I could have stopped like obsessing over what other people have, like Mm -hmm. getting the word more. There are, there are tools and ways to fight it. Um, Mm -hmm. And through that, I just, it's almost like I had to, in a moment of desperation, find something, some kind of life raft to hold on to. And that was finding the good. Like I used to tell people something silly I would do like all the time is I would walk into my kitchen and look at my Keurig and be like, I am so grateful for a machine that I press a button and get coffee. And like the majority of the world cannot do that. Mm -hmm. And that like tiny little act of gratitude would change my mind about how my life was good. Because like you said, I can always compare and I can always find someone worse or someone better. And my brother actually just said that to me on a phone call. Cause I was like, well, so-and-so just has it easier. And he was like, and -and so-and-so has it harder. He was like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ever, you can't, you can't live like that because someone is, and you know what, really someone is looking at your life thinking, gosh, I wish I had that. That's right. And like you said, when we throw comparison out the window, it just changes things. And what a way to, um, what a way to flip the script on comparison. When we think about what you said, that nothing compares to the glory of God. Like I've never thought about it in that capacity. And that is a game changer. Sorry for these little cries. (laughs) (laughs) That I'm telling you that scripture hits me every time. Like, oof. Like, I want to skip that one because like, that's a real, real, real conviction. Right. And, and yeah, yeah, I think it's just, I'm really grateful that you shared that. And, you know, for women who maybe experienced that the first year of marriage or experienced that the first year of like motherhood, I think when we like have big things that happen, like those things that for, you know, the most part mean joy or something to celebrate and we experience some sort of depression or different things like that. Um, Sometimes we're even like, we experience shame around that because we're maybe even quiet because it's like, we're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be joyful. This amazing things that just happened to you. This, some people don't get that. And it's like, but, but this is the reality. (laughs) This is how, you know, we may feel and we're, you know, trying to get free and, and, and heal from that, but it may very well still be a thing. And even there we can experience contentness, right? Perhaps contentness in like the waiting. I know for me in the postpartum, um, you know, they say that I always call it a joke, the six weeks of healing. I'm like six weeks where I don't, I'm maybe, maybe some women, bless you, bless you, Uh (laughs) but not me. Right. And so I needed to end after six weeks passed and I was not still fully healed. I couldn't do certain things. I had to enter into a contentness that said, well, Lord, I will wait because I don't know if it's going to be one more week or several more weeks. It ended up, ended up being quite a lot of several weeks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
it was a choice. It was a choice to like, trust God in that, believe that he is good and, and, and not say, well, I know for sure it happens for someone in six weeks. So, you know, like this is not fair or like God isn't good because I didn't get healed after six weeks. Honestly, some people are experiencing something right now that they won't be healed until they get to heaven. Right. And so how dare I like be mad (laughs) in in that kind of context versus just like, well, what else can I be grateful for? Um, And I'm glad that you mentioned gratitude because I know for me, so I spent like, that's what I would try to like use as a tool. Like, let me write a gratitude list or let me write something grateful every day. And it may, it became more of like a, I have to Right. Like I have to force myself to be grateful. So I actually didn't work for a long time until mm-hmm. when I got to, uh, you know, became, become a mother. Um, I've been doing this like thing every last month of every, every last day of every month, mm-hmm. I write a list of everything God did in that month. Mm-hmm. And I did, I've done this for years, right? If you look at my journal, it's been for years, but the month of June, when I did it in the month of June, when my son was born is when like everything changed when I actually like I was grateful for all the things that I wrote and it just changed how I thought about everything because everything about my labor and delivery was not at all how I planned. Right. And I'm just so grateful. My son is here and healthy and beautiful. Mm. And so it really is, this is especially for those who are maybe stuck in that. I'm trying to write a gratitude, three to five gratitudes every day. And I still am not (laughs) content. I'm still miserable and all this stuff maybe take a break or maybe do it in a different way. Because sometimes when we're trying to do something and take years doing it, it just might not be the thing that works for us. Right. That's why so many different gratitude tactics exist out there (laughs) Um, because we really need to find what works for our personality, our mindset to enter into this contentment in the ordinary, because even that will get upset about, well, Lord, I'm writing down these gratitude lists and I'm still not not working. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you said that because it is like different things work for different people. And, you know, like something I do, I do the one line a day journal Mm. and at the end of every day, of course I miss days, but I write one sentence about the day and sometimes it's sad and awful. And it's like, I fall with my husband all day today or something so simple and silly, like chapel laughed at something like that I made up. And I mean, it just shows you that like, honestly, and this is so like Pollyanna and I'm, I'm like the last person to be like toxically positive, but it's like, it makes me, it has helped me learn how to be grateful for even the really, really bad days. Because yes. like you just said, like we both had, that's like one way we bonded was like mm-hmm. our really hard labor and delivery. Yeah. And in anything else in life, when it doesn't go like I plan it, I freak out and lose my mind. I get so mad at God. But for some reason, like, I mean, when I tell you like nothing went as planned, like, you know, it was the opposite of everything I prayed, but that's what saved his life. Like the C-section I had saved his life. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time in my life where like all the hard things that went the opposite of what I prayed, I was like, thank God that it did not go the way I wanted it. And I became, I became grateful for the grief that I had, Mm -hmm. which is such a weird concept, but I was. I was grateful for the grief because I was grateful that it did not go the way I prayed so that my son was here. And that's all that mattered. And it's like, if we look at everything like that and like, yeah, there are some really hard things people experience that you don't have to find the silver lining. Like I I completely understand that. But when we learn to be grateful for the grief of um, 
Tell them. I wish y'all could see what I'm seeing in this Zoom because um, that was so cute. And he's being a wild boy. Yeah. He's like, I got a word. I got a word. I got a word. <laughs> see? Y'all heard it. Y'all, y'all heard Chapel's very first prophecy. Yeah, yes, that was your prophecy. Tell him amen. amen. So that's a fun little fact about Chapel. He earlier cried the whole time I was on the phone with someone. Like, not even cried, just kind of like loud and fussy. Yeah. As soon as I hung up, he just smiled at me. And I was like, oh, you want all my attention. That's right. That's right. Like, oh, so See, and when you got the attention and you got to talk on the podcast. Yeah. Amen. I do love what you were saying about grief and, you know, like hard things. I think, I think a huge part of the contentness and, and contentness in the ordinary life is entering into lament. There's an entire book of lamentations, right. Of the Bible. And even Psalms is full of lament and lament, I would say is, is doing, is doing grief. Well, right. Is, is actually sitting with what hurts and, yeah. and sharing with God and crying it out to God and, and just confessing it really. Right. And just like kind of wanting to heal in it and from it. Um, and so I think that's a reality too. Like, right. I don't, I don't know about you, but someone, when I was pregnant, told me to like, write Like a dream birth. And when I look at it afterwards, nothing happened, right. That I wrote. And so I do get to lament that that was my dream and nothing of it came to pass while I also get to be gra- grateful and praise God that none of that came to pass. And that's why my son and I are alive. Right. So there's a, there's like a, there's a kind of place we get to live in that's in the middle of all that messiness where we both lament and are grateful in the ordinary life. Because when we're trying to look so much for the extraordinary, I think we actually skip grief and skipping grief and not sitting in it is one of the unhealthiest things we can do as people, right? And so really like, this is the ordinary life, really hard things are going to come. And and that's kind of like the things that, um you know, I try, I'm like, Lord, why am I worrying about the future? But sometimes I think about that, I'm like, there are maybe worse things that come in our future. <laughs> and I don't want to think that way, but I'm also like, but there's also going to be way better things that come into our future. And I get to enter into those things, knowing that this is the, this is this ordinary narrative that the Lord has crafted for me and for all of us. Um, And it is a gift. And I think you exemplify that really well. And I'm really grateful for your friendship. I'm really grateful for how you communicate it. I'm really grateful for how you're honest with it. And when you're, when you are struggling with it, when it isn't easy, when contentment is like, no, I want a new table in my dining room. (laughs) Yes. It's important. It's relatable. And you know, it's not like we have to be relatable, but relatable really blesses people sometimes and ministers to people that are thinking the exact same thing. And sometimes, like you said, are looking at us perhaps in a certain view and don't know also that maybe we're thinking the same ways. Um, And so really a lot has to do with mindset. It has to do, um, I I, I would say to anyone in the place of comparison, just try to imagine yourself and no one else in the world exists and nothing to compare to exist and perhaps that will help in realizing wow you really do lack nothing and you have everything that god has wants to give you and provide for you um so i don't know if you have anything closing to share to encourage people out there who really are struggling with this um any like tips or encouragements that you would just want to close with well just something practical from what you just said to imagine that you're the only one in the world i mean seriously do a social media fast i know Mm -hmm. that it's like an overused phrase these days but it's because it works. Like I did one in January 
And all of a sudden I don't mind being in my sweatpants and looking at the kitchen table that I'm sick of. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't mind it because I'm not looking at other stuff. And like the second I get back on it, right back to comparison. Mm -hmm. So practically do the fast, but then like set some boundaries for yourself. Like only be an hour on. So like only have an hour a day on social media, Mm -hmm. Um, turn your phone off at 8 PM, like really set those boundaries and have somebody, if you're not married, have a friend, a parent, a coworker, hold you accountable. Cause it really is removing that temptation. Like sometimes God's like, yeah, I'll deliver you from the temptation. But like, what if you just remove it? Like, yeah. won't that make it easier on both of us? You know, like, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I'm really grateful for your wisdom. And I know you keep like gassing me up about how well I do at this. And you said that you just really felt like you learned how to do it, but you are so wise. I mean, even just talking just now about how finding the extraordinary and the ordinary involves lamenting and grieving and Mm -hmm. it is okay to grieve the dream life and be grateful like I I think that the church as a whole the world as a whole makes you pick between grief and gratitude yes and what if the answer to contentment is holding grief and gratitude at the same time that's it I think that it might be and I think that Jesus did it well that Mm -hmm. he grieved for his friend Lazarus but he was grateful at the same time and you know, people talk about that story a lot, but I've really been sitting with that because he did weep and he, he knew he was God, Mm -hmm. but it just shows you like, you don't have to feel shame Mm -hmm. for grieving. And a lot of times what I feel is, oh no, I I'm embarrassed to grieve that dream I had because Mm -hmm. it didn't happen. And there's a reason, you know, people say there's a reason for everything and something better is on its way. That's, that's true. That's probably true. That yes. does not mean that I'm not really sad exactly. and I can be sad. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I don't need you to tell me to be happy because yes. I'll live there with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, holding, yeah. holding that grief and gratitude at the same time and, and just being gentle with yourself, honestly, yes. through the whole contentment process, it is hard work and, um, you're, you're going to fail because you're human, but with God, you said it at the very beginning, nothing is impossible. Yeah. So you can live a life of contentment and abundance. with God. Yes. Amen. I hear that there's the four we're, we're leaving with the four, the four G's of living an ordinary and content life, gentleness, gratitude, grief, and grace. That's it. Ooh. Those are the ones we need. If you get, that. if you not, you have another G y'all, let us know. Those are the keys. Thank God. And God. That's okay. It. Yes. The fifth G God. You are holier than I. I love it. (laughs) All right, Caitlin, please tell the saints, tell the people where they could find you. Um, I know you talked about your book and stuff like that, but please share. I know you got other things upcoming. Don't front. Um, and I I will put the correct spelling of her Instagram, y'all, in the show notes. I promise it is not Chappelle, like the Chappelle (laughs) show. It is chapel, like like a church, like a chapel is like a church service or like a church. Yes, thank you. Okay. Just with two P's and two L's. That's it. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Um, yeah, so you can first and foremost find me changing this little boy's diaper 700 times a day. Um, but when I'm not doing that, you can find me um on Instagram at Caitlin Chapel Rogers and she'll spell that. Um, I'm on Facebook too, and I do have an email list. And she mentioned it earlier, but I am starting a little thing called the mental notes. So um super passionate about mental health and how it plays into all of this that we've talked about. And it'll just be a little tip from tips from my counselor and just 
honesty for me on my mental health journey. So um, I love it. Yes. And I love you. You are doing the Lord's work with this podcast. And I'm so proud of you. Amen. Thank you so much. And y'all, I raise, I always, always say this. Yes. Follow people on Instagram, but get on their email lists Yes, because that's where, where, that's where I feel like we minister the most. We're writing longer. That's really where our heart um, is pouring out right beyond, beyond these captions. And so that is a great place to start. Um, And she has so much wisdom. So thank you, Caitlin, for your time. I pray this bless y'all and feel free to DM either DM either of us. If you want to connect about this or even need prayer around it it ain't easy out here but the lord is with us y'all i pray that conversation blessed you and that you're able to apply something you either learned or heard to your continued growth on your faith journey i invite you to study more on the scriptures we talked about on this episode and don't let any conviction you experience go without prayer and action share any thoughts or testimonies you may have by leaving us a rate or review and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast Meet us next time for another episode. And if you don't already, follow us on Instagram following at PD or at we.r.fool to learn more about our growing community and get connected with us.